Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 262 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Commander Phoenix Defire, Head of Archives at Lave Station, and joining me in the orange sidewinder bar for this episode, we have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverain. What up? And of course, we have our Head of Health and Safety, uh, Commander Edlevice, Ben Moss Woodward. Today I shall be mostly eating some fruit and nuts. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if you cannot get to us in game, um, you can join us in the Twitch chat channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live and click on the live chat and on twitch.tv slash laveradio. Uh, at the moment, you'll find Ben flying around uh, Lave Station in open, uh, and I'm hoping to join him as soon as Steam starts to respond again. Uh, I seem to be having technical issues as usual. So, um, as per usual, we will be. Uh, going around the team, seeing how they've been for the last week, uh, before cracking on with the development news. So, uh, Ben, well, how have you been for the last week? I've been mildly moist, I guess, if I say what I've been. Oh, um, that's a surprise. Uh, I, I, I've been out and about with the kids, um, getting rather wet there. Then I've been, I went off and I succumbed to Planet Zoo the other day. And I've been playing around in mud pits there. Um, and I've also been mining uh, for low-temperature diamonds, which is obviously in ice fields. So they're probably a bit cold and wet too. So basically a very water-related week for you. Yeah. Yes, well, uh, pretty similar up here in Manchester, I'll <laughs> tell you. So, um, Commander Souverine, how have you been for the last week? Uh, great, thanks. I've been uh, I've been working, um, and what else have I been doing? Uh, on Saturday, uh, the Suvet and I went to um, to see Don Keynes. <laughs> Costa del Keynes. No, we didn't actually, Shan. We went to uh, went to see the Anthony Gormley exhibition at um, at the Royal Academy. Um, see, that's the sort of thing you do when you haven't got any children, isn't it? Yeah, mate. Yeah, it is. Uh, Feels feel nice. so good. So a nice bit of refinement. <laughs> um, although some people did take their infant children there. Like, it just does my nutting. You go to these things and someone's brought like a two-year-old there. And you're like, well, like they are clearly having a miserable time. They're screaming so loudly that they cannot be having a good time. And therefore you are not having a good time and we are not having a good time. Like, just fucking leave them with granny. That's the point. Okay. Um, so before you say anything more on that... <laughs> When you, when, if, I don't know if you've got kids planned or anything like that, but um, when, if and when Miss the Suvet is, is about eight months pregnant, go up to find a, a young couple with a screaming toddler and yell at them. Because to tell you the truth, that will be the last time you are ever right. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me on this voice of experience. Carry on. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't. We, we, we don't plan to because um, we're both quite selfish, um, and we quite like, we quite like disposable income and lions, um, and children just seem like just little tiny screaming lifestyle destroyers. So we're not very interested. Um, so yeah, we went to Anthony Gormley, which was totally brilliant. Um, if 
a bit silly. Um, <laughs> a bit silly. Yeah, like it's. I really like Anthony Gormley when it's like, you know, like the Angel of the North or something, where it's like it, the setting is part of it, and when you've got like a this rusted bit of metal in the shape of a person and it's just somewhere incongruous like on a beach i, I kind of feel like this the setting sort of makes it whereas this was in a gallery which is quite sterile um and uh and it was quite playful like there was one room where he had loads of kind of signature humanoid figures that were all over the walls and the ceiling and that was cool because it was really disorientating but there was another room which was like it 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 had Apparently, it had something like three kilometers of aluminium wire in it that had just been allowed to kind of. It's, it's like sort of getting a slinky and like messing it all up and tying it up. And, um, but one the size of a room and just filling the room with it, um, which isn't so much as, which didn't feel like art as much as like an adventure playground, really. Um, so it's quite good. Um, and, um, uh, and I, I haven't seen much Anthony Gormley, so that was, that was quite fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, apart from that, I've just been, just been working really to have much more, much more to report. Um, apart from on, um, on Wednesday, I went to the, um, uh, Alan, uh, who's also associated with Labour Radio is the, now the chairman of the British Science Fiction Association, uh, Association. And he, um, every month they have a meetup in London. Um, and the, the latest one was last, uh, on Wednesday evening. So I went along to that. Um, and it was really fun. Um, they always get they get an author uh, to do like a um, a Q and A, um, and um, and it's all sort of it's all writers and sci fi enthusiasts there. Um, and I feel like everybody there has either written a book or is or is in the process of it or is somehow involved in British science fiction. Um, and um, and they do these really interesting involved Q and As, um, and then just you know sit around and have a beer and go for supper and all that sort of thing. Um, and that was good fun. Um, so uh, but apart from that, it's just been just been work really. Oh, that's, that's a bit more exciting than what I've been up to, trust me. Uh, <laughs> Commander Shan. Yes, well, this week, um, Mr. Shan and I have been adulting, which isn't anything particularly rude. It means we have been grown-ups and done all the little jobs around the house, you know, like the filing and the paperwork and stuff like that, so that when winter comes, we can actually enjoy the winter's evenings in front of the fire and not feel nagged that there's a whole pile of bills that need filing away or any sort of thing. Yes, so we've been being grown-ups um, this week. I'm very pleased you feel about it too. So, <laughs> someone, so, someone is not as muted as they think they are. <laughs> uh, carry on, Jan. I do apologise. Um, yeah, so... We feel very chuffed ourselves of being grown-ups last week. And someone's doing it on purpose, aren't they? And um, so this next week, we're going to go out and buy Lego. <laughs> you're, you're going to go and get your started. Destroy. Well, the, 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 the different sorts of Lego are available. No, they're not. Unless it's, it's either Lego Star Destroyer, Lego Millennium of... <laughs> Millennia Falcon, or the Lego Death Star, or possibly the DeLorean. Oh dear! Just, that, is, that is Lego, and there's cheap Lego. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. Cheap Lego doesn't exist. <laughs> well, let's have a uh, have a think. Um, well, I'm f- oh, I had a doctor's appointment today, which told me my heart wasn't as as in good condition as I was hoping. Oh dear! Uh, but it's still a lot better than it was. 
hey, hey, thumbs up. So, oh, goodness knows what happens next. Um, you can need to regenerate, Colin. I know I need to regenerate. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, my stonic screwdriver is on the blink. My turdis is nowhere where I need it. Um... Your turdis? <laughs> did you seriously just say turdis? Did you mean I to? Did, I did mean to. Also, don't don't time lords have two hearts anyway? <laughs> yeah, I just I don't think I have a spare. Can I just actually make a quick shout out to uh, whoever said in the text room they want to know how much Arxa is for a really big gas tank? That, that, <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Um, but let's see. Uh, we had some bad news because one of one, <laughs> one of our rabbits passed away, which is no, never nice. But um, what what's going to happen to the rabbit? What the remaining? No, no, the one that died. Because I, I remember I went round a um, a girlfriend's house when I was about sixteen or seventeen. And we live sort of out in the out in the fens in the in the countryside. And uh, I went around there for for, for for tea for dinner. And um, she showed me these these rabbits, little cute rabbits in in the hutch. Mm-hmm. And uh, she says, "Oh, um, which one do you want?" And I go, "Well, I don't really want a rabbit because I haven't really got anybody to keep it." And so she said, "No, no, which one do you want for dinner?" Ooh. No. So, so I said, "Oh, okay. I'll have um, I'll look, and I'll look for the cutest one. I'll have that one." So yeah, I'd choose my own dinner. Uh, no, unfortunately, this 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 poor rabbit, and we think he uh, she was ill for some time, and she was happily bouncing about on Saturday. Ha ha ha! I'm having a great time. Sunday, she was. I'm I'm not well. I'm hiding in the corner. Monday morning, she had passed on, and we just went. What what the heck's just happened? She was fine, uh, but of course the kids are devastated, and I'm I'm a little upset. And it's only a blooming rabbit, so goodness knows what having a dog or a. See, I think your kids been like. are too soft. I think your kids are too soft, Colin. Because when 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 I was a kid, both of my rabbits, when I was eleven, got mixed mitosis, oh, which is a terrible illness. So we had to take them out of the hutch and hit them over the head of the spade. I tell that to kids today and they don't believe you. Anyway, um, meanwhile, moving on to fun stuff, um, I've actually been playing a lot of Elite using my alt account at the moment. Six arcs per death. Thanks a bunch, Calders. (laughs) And, um, yeah, so um, my... The character, which uh, well, my commander, which I'll be flying around a lay station in, and um, she's just flying around in a cobra, and I've been I've been loving the new player experience. Um, I don't know whether I mean I'm not following Road to Riches or anything like that. I'm just uh, going and making it up as I go along, and yeah, it I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Um, I did try and go back to my main account to to uh, do some uh, void mining, but. I don't know, it just didn't seem as much fun. Anyway, so that's everybody caught up, I guess. So, um, well, I guess we'll hit with the uh, development news, because apart from uh, anything else, we're just hanging around outside uh, the station. So, um, well, first of all, uh, last week, we did miss out on one very, very important thing. Because of uh, all the the discussions that we're having with everybody, we forgot 
that it was actually the 35th anniversary of Elite being released on the BBC. So, uh, was anybody here apart from me and probably Shan? (laughs) Did anybody actually play it when it first came out? Yes. I was a glint in the milkman's eye. (laughs) I did play it on the BBC, but not when it first came out. It was about three or four years later. Mm, Yeah. I actually thought it was a bit low-key, so that's our excuse for missing it, because the it was nice to get, you know, the Thargoid bobblehead and stuff like that, but I don't know, it just seemed to be quite low-key. It almost seemed like, I don't know, someone's birthday that isn't usually celebrated, you know, like you're 26 or something like that. It's not, mm-hmm. I don't know, it just seemed a bit low-key. Yeah, I know. I must admit, I was I was a bit taken surprised. Is it really thirty five? Thirty five? I thought that would be a a kind of anniversary, but you know, um, yeah. We do, I, I, I mean, I take it everybody's got their Thargoid bobblehead at the moment. I can see um, uh, Edelweiss has got one right now. Yeah, I am. I am sporting my Thargoid bobblehead. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean. Obviously, it's the whole subject of um, the, your first experience using the old style elite is is something that we could bring up. On, I think we've discussed to death on retro lave and things like that. So, um, congrats! It still holds the Guinness World Record for the longest franchise, and I think it always will uh, until Grand Theft Auto eighteen comes out or something. See, like I, that. Think I don't. Our citizen will break the record. Because... <laughs> That's just longest development time. Well, yeah, hang on. I mean, Star Citizen, seven is it seven years or is it nine years now? By the time Star Citizen's finished, it won't be a science fiction game. It'll be like a temporary military action game. Like, we'll actually have hyperspace travel by then. <laughs> oh, no. I'm not getting involved We're in that We're starting right off with a mean to go on tonight, aren't we? Oh, I know. Anyway, so, well... Obviously, congratulations for reaching 35 years elite. Uh, you're basically middle age, and uh, the middle age spread is beginning to go. And um, at this moment in time, how many? About five years to your midlife crisis. So, <laughs> Frontier, uh, in the next piece of news, has uh, is celebrating. It has grown to 500 employees. Um, people watching the Frontier, the, the FDF Twitter feed we have noticed david braben celebrating for with everybody with at least 500 cupcakes so is that 500 full-time employees or does that include people on zero hours contracts and stuff like that i don't know i don't know if they do zero hours contracts at uh, at fdev but i'm sure that actually now make makes frontier development the largest independent uk it's been game publisher it's been the largest British uh, game studio for a while. I take it um, Rockstar North, Rockstar Games, they're, they're owned by someone else, are they? That's why I said UK-based, because Rockstar aren't UK-based anymore, are they? Aren't they? I thought they were still up in Dundee. I feel like we've had this conversation. Um, let's see. The most successful UK game developers, Rockstar North are number one according to mm-hmm. this i don't know when this was written this is oh, it's written 20 april 2019 um well the, the headquarters are in new york oh 
Well, that's changed because the headable quarters used to be in Dundee. But so that'll, um, that'll be where the Frontier stat comes from. Then it'll be about where the headquarters. Yeah. So okay. So let, let's just say for the for the sake of argument, um, uh, Frontier is now the UK's biggest UK-based uh, game developer, independent, if you like. So I guess congratulations to Frontier for for that. With our cupcake. With a cupcake. No, where's our cupcake? Because we well, are. You're, you're not we're the longest Frontier, running. Right? Yeah, we're, we're the longest running elite podcast and stuff like that. So <laughs> we should we're, we're getting quite specific with our with our acts now, aren't we? <laughs> we're the longest running elite dangerous fan run podcast. <laughs> yep, we are. In fact, and we used to be the only. <laughs> <laughs> Elite Dangerous podcast, but now we've got um, a couple of complimentary podcasts that come with us. You were about to say knockoffs, weren't you, Colin? No, it. no, I am. I am not. We are not in competition with any other podcast. We are glad that they are on board and and vocalising their own comments. Apart from Podcast Cobra, because they can go take a jump. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's like half of the other podcasts, isn't it? Well, I don't know. I don't think there's been a uh, an episode oh, no, of them for no, there's, um... there's Radio Sidewinder, which seems Are like still a, going? a little bit of us. A little bit, just in name. Hold on. Radio Sidewinder slightly sounds like it's a, a rip-off of us because we're we're all about the <laughs> Sidewinder. And then Broadcast Cobra is sounds You've like... You've only just realised this. Sounds like a massive rip-off of Radio Sidewinder. That's because Broadcast Cobra was basically a load of Radio Sidewinder guys who um, got chucked out of Radio Sidewinder. <laughs> For being a bit too piratical. Shall, shall we oh, this start is Lay Radio Salt Edition, isn't it? it really <laughs> <is>. <laughs> I think we should start a new knockoff of Broadcast Cobra. <laughs> like a broadcast <laughs> Cobra Mark IV, only for people of the Horizon. Transmission <laughs> Anaconda. You really want to name a podcast after the that ship? <laughs> I'm sorry, that is, you know, everyone who keeps on saying um, Horizons is pay to win. I'm sorry, you get the Cobra Mark IV, you have paid to lose. <laughs> oh. Oh. I actually, I fly, we should do a, a weird shit ships because I fly a uh, Cobra Mark <laughs> for mining and I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah, but you are a bit weird and you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, so right, I mean, Schwabers, so what other really dangerous podcasts are there than Colin? Obviously, yes, not we, radio, obviously. Yes. You well, realise, Colin, that if you miss one out, you are toast now, so I would move swiftly on to the next well, stop. Well, you we, have we to. You need have to, to mention the other guys. Well, yeah, you, I mean, they've got the, the Hutton Orbital Truckers, which salute to to all those who use Cubicle 3, you brave people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, there is the Dockers guys, who are now, well, they're, they're kind of part know. of Hutton Orbital, aren't they now? I don't know what, I, I don't know if anyone wants to admit to them, apart from maybe, yeah. Yeah, we don't uh, want to admit to any involvement whatsoever. <laughs> Do you, Ben? Despite any video evidence. <laughs> uh, and of course, there's a guard frequency, which you've got yep. to see. Hello, guys. It is Lave Radio, not Lave Radio. 
How is things at the goad frequency? <laughs> Not the gourd frequency. Gourd yeah. is in the plant. And of course, to loose screws, the, the latest edition. So um, cheers to you lot. Do you think the Jack Daniels and Coke is really kicking in right now? Because I think <laughs> it is. Well, mo- moving on from. <laughs> Oh, Who's course, the Spanish, the Sp- Spanish guys as well? Um, um, all right. You're oh, go- you're, with Maya you're Faye. Gonna, you're going to have to look that up and get back to us then, Ben. Yeah. L podcast. L <laughs> <laughs> dangerous podcast. It's not that. L <laughs> live radio. <laughs> okay. Now this is. I do apologise to everybody. Let's let's leave it. Leave it. Underline it. Move on. Now we have had uh, one of the. The things that wound us up, or wound Shan up incredibly last week, um, the Rockford fertilizer reset has happened. <laughs> now, this was one of the things that was um, uh, uh, basically it was an exploit. There was no way that this could have, could have been a uh, uh, by design. Uh, you know how when people ask with void opals they all went is this really an exploit or is it proper and frontier returned and said yeah it's proper so everybody just carried on and went to to do void mining well the rockford fertilizer was where you could just buy and sell um uh, the the fertilizer and lo and behold you'd make billions and um frontier said right okay that was an exploit yes it shouldn't have been there and all those who that have uh, made a whole load of money doing that we're taking that money away and they did not uh, just money though go on then well if you if you attempt to launder your ill-gotten gains that was taken away as well so if you brought like 10 cutters with it um in some cases your money you earned for 10 cutters was um taken away and then the 10 cutters were as well so, so quite a few people apparently lost more money than they'd made. All um, oh, right. <laughs> what were you annoyed about, Shan? Just keep it to bullet points. Um, at the time, I was I was annoyed that exploits were not having anything done about them. Um, and my, I mean, although I think yes, completely well done to Frontier for sorting this out. Um, it was glorious watching the amount of salt and tenuous excuses being given um, on forums and Reddit as to why they felt their money shouldn't have been taken away. Mm. Um, my overrea- my overriding thought was, okay, then, on to the next lot. That was kind of what, you know, there's no point doing this if the next exploit or the, the, the next thing that's been cheated isn't then dealt with. Mm. It, it doesn't do any good. It's, it's almost like a token gesture. However, I'm going to say kudos to Frontier for actually doing something about it because it was clearly broken. And I also think there's a there's an onus on the player to know when something is an exploit. And we all kind of deep down know it was and then not to abuse it. And so, yeah, well done, Frontier, on this. Just looking forward to seeing the next lot. Okay, so um, I've been reliably informed by uh, Commander Witherspoon that it's we have to say hola to the elite cast in Spain. So uh, <laughs> there you go. And uh, there's also one called the Elite After Dark cast. I don't think I've ever heard that one. Sounds filthy. 
The latest of edition of Elite Cast is, is entitled Arcs Attack. <laughs> That's that sounds like that that sounds like a, a really low budget Christian movie, you know, Noah's back with a vengeance. I quite like that. That's a, that's a, that's a second. You think Chris Chow called Art Attack, wasn't there? Yeah, I think yes, it was there was. Uh, yes, Paul Archer pointed out quickly about the credit thing is they also lost out on payments made to crew. So if your crew earned a billion credits through this exploit, they deducted a billion credits off you and not the crew as well. <laughs> Tell you what, I, I am going to be so much more careful with uh, with things that look like they're too good to be true and elite dangerous in future, which is probably a good thing. <laughs> they should have converted all their cutters into haulers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. See, if it was me though, uh, what I would have done is I would have made, I would have taken the credits away. So let's say you made ten billion credits, I would have taken the ten billion credits away and then put a loan on your account. Of 10 billion credits, which you then had to pay off out of everything you subsequently earned. So you were like in debt forever. <laughs> you, you, uh, I'm sorry, Shan, you, this does sound like you are a major banker. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've blamed having to kill my pet rabbits when I was 11. <laughs> what? Oh, we're not going over this again. If you missed it, listen back. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, okay, fair enough. I, I'm <laughs> putting two and two together now. Sovereign's <laughs> <laughs> playing catch up, right? Um, unfortunately, it does mean when we were talking about Frontier has grown to 500 employees, um, on October the 7th, they'll be down to 499 again. Unfortunately, it does seem that Sally, um, uh, the product manager, uh, is leaving Frontier. Um, she has uh, announced to the world that all over Twitter that uh, she's found uh, a new job at, uh, in game development somewhere, and that's where she'll be moving to. And uh, yeah, so she's um, she's off um, on the seventh, oh seven, which seems appropriate, as, as she pointed out on Twitter earlier. Um, I must admit, I've, I've always enjoyed Sally when she comes on the stream, um, on the streams, and meeting her and. Page and and company over uh, while painting elite miniatures at Lavecon was actually very very nice. So um, sorry to see you go, Sally. Um, everybody else, what do you think? I'm also sad to see Sally go. Yeah, I'm with I'm with you guys there. Sally's been an awesome presence in the elites. Yeah, um, she she staff. also did the design of a lot of the paint jobs, wasn't she? Mm. A lot of the earlier ones, yeah. Yeah, a lot of the earlier ones were Sally Design, so she's very talented. Uh, and I'm sure wherever she's off, uh, we'll be very lucky. Yeah. Um, there's some someone called Danny, I believe, who is taking over the role. Um, I think Will gave their name on the live stream on Monday, but right. I'm not, I haven't got any more details than that. Yeah. But so, do we know if this person will be as active in the community as Sally was? Because I never really saw the product manager in the past as being an active in the community role, whereas Sally just seemed to love the community and just love doing everything with the community, as well as everything about Elite, as well as her day-to-day job, as it were. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, that was one thing that did surprise me, is that um, she seemed to be sort of like the extra person on the community team. Yeah. Uh, the product manager 
um, it normally handles external products based on on the game. So it would be like the EDRPG. Um, we talked about the elite miniatures and all those kind of things that, that come with, you know, battle cards, the whole the whole things that, that are the spin-offs for the game that the that Frontier will license. Um, so I don't know whether the the uh, her replacement will be involved in the streams. Probably not, because the previous one wasn't. No, no. So we will see. Yeah, well, I guess we will see. Um, now we have Discovery Scanner Seven: Voices of the Void. Now this was Frontier. Um, was this was this the one with uh, Page and? Uh, this is the one that's coming out this Thursday. Oh, this is the one that's, that's coming out this Thursday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's not been out uh, yet. It's not out yet. Okay. Um, what's this one going to be covering then? How they do the voice acting in Elite Dangerous. No, it'll be... Um, uh, oh, hold on. Do we know that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought it was going to be... Um, uh, I had heard them talking about how they wanted to... to um, Tell us more about the the how they did the sounds for the for the uh, planets in the DSS. So I thought it might be that. No, so to to read it in this episode of Discovery Scanner, we will be joined by the fantastically talented voice actors Jay Britton and Amelia Tyler uh, oh, to cool. discuss role voice acting plays in the games industry. We'll also be joined by our very own senior sound designer uh, Paula Vas- Velasquez. You should have got Colin to say that. He'd have got it right. I really should have. I'm regretting this now. I think Colin ought to be a voice a voice actor on Elite Dangerous. Um, I, diving I into the technical side of voice acting, audio, and all that kind of stuff, and that's on the third of October, eighteen hundred UTC. And I am in Elite Dangerous as a voice actor. I have credits for it. So, so do I. Yeah. So does Shan. Yeah, I don't. I've Although never heard, we never heard ourselves. Though. We never heard ourselves. Though, have we? we just <laughs> no. Although there there is there is a suspicious Scottish accent which sounds very much like me, it isn't Grumble, but um, yeah, I think we'll, we'll look forward to that because I must admit I am very impressed by the two voice actors range. Any time you've been to one of the um, uh, you know one of the uh, installations where you go back over the voice logs or you come across the the abandoned uh, mega ships. Uh, they they really do a good job in in creating the atmosphere. So I think that will be that will be an interesting one to follow. Now uh, this is quite interesting. We have had Stephen. Uh, well, first of all, Will posted something about uh, the September update patch two um, on Friday, and at five o'clock today, Stephen uh, got on the forums to give people an update about it. Uh, we are getting patch two on the third of October. Uh, and there is a lot more involved in it than was originally um, said. Now, the first thing to discuss about this patch is that um, they've listened to the community and rejigged um, the user interface regarding the store on the station page. So basically, the the blue color's gone, and they've rejigged the order so that it's basically it's last in the queue and it's not as prominent. Uh, on top of that, they've gone and rejigged the order of the um, game's extra menus at the um, from the main menu, which means that um, it's not as prominent and in your face. I think that is uh, a fantastic 
And that that to me solves the problem. I mean, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. That sounds. I'm surprised they did that. I thought we. Were, um, I, I didn't. I didn't expect the the blue color of the button to be a um, anything that was going to change. Um, so I'm I'm actually thrilled that they did that. I it was kind of a, a so what thing for me. It didn't really bother me either way, to be honest. But I, I'm glad they changed to blue. But what they really should do is they should make it so they should make just that button cust color customizable in game. <laughs> oh, you are just trolling everybody today, aren't you? He's just a yeah. troll. Shan is just a troll. <laughs> Get under your bridge. Um, <laughs> so, uh, effectively, and uh, they have listened to the community, and uh, and they haven't removed it though. I mean, I must admit, when it was first came out, um, it really, it, I couldn't believe how much it, ignore, it annoyed me because it kind of felt the store was intruding in my game. Did anybody else get that, or was that just me being a bit sensitive? Just me being over. Um, <laughs> what part of it was it having it in the front menu? That annoyed you, or no, no, no. The fact that you go escape and it's right there by arcs, or what? no? It, I was fine with it in the main menu. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did. It didn't bother me in the main menu. It was in the station menu. You know, okay. the, the, the station because it kind of took me out of the game. Yeah, it's breaking the fourth wall a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I can get that. But yeah, okay. Obviously, a bit oversensitive me. <laughs> so, uh, moving on from there, um, the other things that they've, they've uh, touched on is there's a fixed about four or five soft locks and crashes. Um, the Kovos uh, items are fixed. They've uh, fixed a mismatched paint job with the Diamondback. They've finally fixed um, the case where the PlayStation Four Commander's first discoveries weren't appearing. Um, and oh, they've actually fixed a multi-crew issue, which I didn't realize they they were. Uh, so there's actually so a, people noticed. <laughs> but what surprised me is now that they've, we've got the full list of bugs, there's an awful lot more bug fixes going out this time than there was in the original patch. And I think they're making a concerted effort to show, yeah, we are doing more bug fixes than you think so and this is the, this is um this is quite interesting because basically they've managed to fix many of the transaction disconnections so you'll see less scarlet crates magenta crates black adders or yellow adders unfortunately it doesn't seem like they've fixed many orange sidewinders that's so we're, <laughs> that's because we're unfixable colin we can't be fixed we're beyond fixing Beyond, we can never be fixed. We're always broken. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, this patch looks to be a little bit bigger than the last one. So um, the bug fixing does seem to continue. Um, moving on from there, there's obviously been um, probably one of the biggest store updates I've seen in quite a while uh, that came out on Friday. Um, we have plants. <laughs> I saw those. I thought they. Were, I think they were, they were quite nice. Although it would be, it, it's a bit sad that if you don't pay attention to them, they don't actually die. You know, you have like a dead plant on your dashboard. That was my main concern as well. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it's quite apt for for most of us have dying roses, the equivalent of dying <laughs> roses on the front of the ship. I think that that just says everything about your social life after that point. I think it'd be quite fun to be able to send each other flowers <laughs> to display it. I'd like I'd like to be able to send people flowers Sight. here at their cockpit. What are you inside with nettles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It would just be fun. Well, consider it. You, you say, say it with brain treatments. <laughs> say like it with to, brains. Yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to send Ben a, a, a bunch of, of rosy brain trees. <laughs> as long as they're not hairy brain trees. <laughs> oh, I am so sorry. Anyway. Oh, if, if you could send people um, brain trees, could you then send them by proxy? Or would you have to oh, the best? What? It's not even funny. I'm obviously missing something here. So <laughs> someone, well, ex- ex- someone, ex- someone recurring. You send it by proxy, don't you? You do. Yes, yes, you do. Well, each of these plants cost approximately. Well, no, they cost 645 arcs each, which works out at base level arc. Four hundred. Yeah, that's what I said. Six thousand four hundred and fifty each. You said six hundred, but no. Six thousand four hundred and fifty. Moving on, um, which works out approximately at three pound eighty-five if you've just purchased them at base level. Um, ben has a spreadsheet which would help you with that. <laughs> um, there is also they also released the Clipper ship kit, which is what I've been asking for for ages. However, you brought it. I have bought it. However, it's broke. Uh, basically, people who have bought it can't jump to hyperspace. <laughs> How does that even work? <laughs> Can it not fit through the hole or something? <laughs> Too big wings. I, I don't know. They say it's kind of, the fix is coming in the next patch. And wow. You know, there was, there was something about this. I thought, I've got it. I can fly. This is great. This is made <laughs> my day. And I couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> I don't understand, like, from a coding perspective, how does that even... <laughs> that makes no sense. I know, yeah. I'm just there going... The code really? must be so tangled up if a ship kit can stop you jumping out of a system. <sighs> um, oh. As long as it's fixed in this next one, when, when they said that, I'll be fine. But it was just one of those moments going, I'm not going anywhere. Why am I not going anywhere? <laughs> anyway. Um, so I think uh, that covers the new store stuff. I mean, apart from obviously it breaking, is everybody happy with your plants? <laughs> to be honest, I actually kind of want a um, cactus in the, in my ship. Not an eggplant. No, I, I'd like a cactus or aloe vera, mainly because I like cactuses. See, I I wanted the um I've forgotten the name of the plant and this little horrors. Oh, uh, you know, the, the like Venus flytrap. No, well, the feed me plant. I forgot which what what its name is now. Venus flytrap. No, it's not. No, no, no. The, the, in Little Shop of Horrors is the person eating plant, isn't there? Yeah. Are you after the actual species of it? Because I don't. Genus. Uh, the phylum. <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, the only thing I can remember about Little Shop of Horrors is Feed Me Seymour, and that's it. Audrey 2, that was the name of the plant, on Audrey 2. 
All right, so that's that's what you want. So basically, you want to fly along, and halfway through a dogfight, you want one of your plants to eat you. No, I want to feed an NPC crew. Knew he was going to say that. Uh, yeah, of course. So. Yes. Telling the NPC crew to feed the plant. Yeah. Not realizing that they're dinner. So, um, moving on from there, I mean, obviously, there was a newsletter this week which covered, I think, most of the stuff which. Um, has been happening for the last week. So what we're going to do, um, if we could take a ad break and we'll come back with our main discussion. Lave Radio, transmitting to every corner of the galaxy. On the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived... The Engineer. The Engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier. And your gas tank really, really big. What do you want? I want fish. Wait, what? That's right, fish! Carp, Char, Chub, Jack, Loach, Krabby, Muckabate, Prickleback, Soul, Snook, Snake, Tang, Wahoo, Wabagum, Banjo, Banga, Snook, Soul, Shad, Scat, Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, Nibblefish, Northern Squaw, Hooma, Hooma, Nooka, Nooka, Wappa, Wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Important message from Code. Are you the kind of commander that likes drowning kittens? You are a pirate. Do you leave the toilet seat up after every piss? You are a pirate. Do you drive a Ferdinand's and refuse to use your indicators? You are a pirate. Do you have an eye patch on both eyes? You are a pirate. We're the Code and we're recruiting for your sort. Help ruin summer's afternoon and join the code. Yar. Yar, har, Being a pirate is a wretched Do what you want, cause a pirate is free. You are a pirate. And welcome back. Um, now, one of uh, the biggest things that's happened this week is that um, uh, a petition a, has uh, appeared on Reddit where um, uh, a lot of uh, content creators and uh, people who are involved in the Elite Dangerous community have got together and decided uh, to pay, place um, what they say is um, uh, this is uh, not a warning. It, it's basically, oh, how would you describe this? It's like an old, uh, well, it's, it's not really ultimate. It's kind of an ultimatum, but there's no kind of condition. It's, it's a list of demands, essentially. Yeah, so you people consider it a list of not a, not a, a cry for help. I don't. Um, I don't know. Think if that's the right thing to say on that one. But you know, it's it's a it's a a cry. It's it's something to say. Listen, we're not happy with the game, and these are the reasons why. It. It's a, I mean, people's readings of it differ. Zach clearly read it as a as a demand. I, I, it it does read very demanding. I think it reads like a list of demands. Um, it's it's couched very much. The language is very much. We're trying to help, but it definitely reads like a list of demands. I think. 
It's actually worded quite inflammatory. And yeah, I agree. I, I would have said that, yeah. Um, if I was writing it, I would not have written it that way because it comes across as, I'll say inflammatory. I don't know. There's something quite, it's quite self-serving about it. Yeah, it's also quite, it seems to be self-serving in a way. And it's, if I was trying to word it, I would not make it so obviously read that way. It's got a lot of we demand this and and we want to see that, which, you know, is tonally completely wrong. Um, it, you know, it, it, it reads a little bit like uh, like a, a bad school report for a naughty pupil, like, which is, you know, tonally just completely the wrong way. It wouldn't have been how I'd phrased it. Mm. Well, I mean, the, there's two major sections for, for this. I mean, the first one is the uh the the primary grievances i mean they they do go they do post that uh in the preamble that all of us love elite dangerous we feel elite dangerous is not what it could be we don't ask frontier development for miracles we don't ask for new contents we don't ask for a major shift in development we simply want everything already delivered to be maintained properly now that to me said i i completely agree with that particular statement um however when... properly define properly well, is it properly, you know, who, who defines properly? Frontier well, does. No, well, no, that's, no, that's ridiculous. Pro- properly in this context means log in and don't crash. Well, no, it's it means not that. Play, play with relatively without game breaking bugs. That's what I'm, that's what I was going to get around to because and and we'll we'll get on to this is that. Uh, part of the primary grievances is, um, well, first they point out lack of communication across the board. Now, um, if anybody listened to episode 261, which was last week, there was an awful lot of uh, of that which we were discussing. And again, we were touching on that on the process. Um, now, this, this is the one thing that I I do agree with is, is the game-breaking bugs that go on resolve for years at a time primarily affecting multiplayer, but it's across the board on all aspects of the game, regardless of mode. Gross balancing issues in multiple areas that cement the divide between compass-focused players and everyone else, and no beta testing for most updates, uh, only major releases of seeing of any kind. Now, um, what they're, they're saying there should be is a permanent test server and bring back the the betas for um, uh, basic, uh, you know, for any update. Now, I'm I'm going to start going around by the room to see what everybody thought. So, um, who would like to go first? Okay, first I guess. Um, I think um, I think tonally the post was was uh, very um, sort of entitled. It, it read as. It read very, very entitled, um, which, considering that that's sort of quite a hot button thing in the gaming industry, is you thought would be um, more of a priority to avoid. Um, but the nuts and bolts of it, um, if you distill out some of the some of the phrasing, I think the nuts and bolts of it were: we feel like we're being completely ignored. Um, we feel like the the way that these updates are being released is is not good enough, um, and um, and we want you to bring back the test servers, which I agree with. I think um, I, th- I think I said before the the um, September update that we, they ought to implement a beta period again. And I was hoping that they'd have 
that have um, decided to do so after the April update, which was also a bit of a shit show. Um, and, you know, it is undeniable that the April update and the September updates were shit shows. They, you know, it, it is, we've now got to the point where it is sensible to wait a, a week after, you know, no, it, it, it's always been sensible to not play on patch day. Um, if only because the patch is, it finishes downloading at 7 p.m. or whatever. But it's now become sensible to not pay on, play on patch week, which is not, you know, that's, I don't, I don't know of, of any arbitrary objective measures of, of good QA practices, but I don't feel like that, I, I, I don't feel that that would be one. Um, and, um, and that is, that's undeniably true. I think, I think if you listened to the episode that we recorded last week, most of us would agree that, that, um, that Frontier's QA isn't, isn't brilliant at the moment. Um, and, um, and I think the sort of, the tone of the, of the thing, um, I think the, the rudeness is a function of, uh, a feeling of being ignored quite a lot. Um, Frontier still, um, I don't think Frontier... Uh, well, we we know that they don't think that they um, that there's anything wrong with their communication because Ed and now Zach and presumably other people have, have frequently defended it. Um, and um, uh, but it's you know them saying we do communicate properly doesn't stop the community feeling like they're not like they're being ignored. And, and we were talking earlier about the fact that we reached out to them several times, many content creators from several times, and what we get is a yes, yes, we definitely want to work with you more, and then months and months of silence. Um, you know, I, I, one recent uh, thing when I was, uh, well, I, one recent episode had, had somebody I, I know well waiting for an answer for a, a really basic question regarding community content for eight months. Um, you know, it, I don't want to sound like Frontier owe us anything, but from a basic courtesy point of view, just a, just a common courtesy thing, you know, what, you know, eight months is a ridiculous time frame. So, so I feel like, to, to round off, I feel like the, the, if you strip out the language and the um, and the inherent sense of entitlement that comes from from making demands of of a game developer, um, if you just get to the nuts and bolts of what they ask for, I think asking for beaters to come back is a reasonable. Answer. Um, and the sense of frustration with being ignored, I think, comes from I think that is real. That's a real sense of frustration that is justified. Okay, sure. Yeah, I just want to sort of um, provide not really a counter, but. Um, give my thoughts on what Sudreen just explained. Um, first of all, the petition itself. Yes, I completely agree that the wording is unfortunate, and I would. I, it's not not professionally worded. It's it's not persuasively uh, worded. Um, but, but also regarding some of the content, um, regarding public beta tests. I'm not sure about that because we had them before in Elite and they didn't work then. Um, and what you tend to get with public beta tests is everyone flocks new stuff and doesn't look at the old stuff. So it's only the new stuff they get through. And even then, when people reported bugs, they're not necessarily fixed. The, the other part of it is... Um, it's almost like the classic infinite load of monkeys on a typewriter because most beta testers do not have an idea, sorry, public beta testers do not have an idea of how to do software testing. So therefore they'll do something, something could go wrong. They won't really understand what it was they did to make it happen. So they'll report it. So you get lots and lots of, I wouldn't say spurious reports, but incomplete reports that actually take time to fix. 
The other thing is that your version of the beta you are testing is not necessarily the version that's going to go live. So if, there may well be a bug in the beta version that you test, or even that part of it may be perfectly okay. When it comes to live, a new bug can then come up. So there are all sorts of issues with public beta tests, not to mention you then have to hire an awful lot of people to QA and go through all the responses and check them out and all sorts of stuff like that. So I'm not sure they are as efficient or as representative as people hope they are. Um, so that's, a, that's a, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professional software tester, but, and I know they can be useful, but just unstructured throwing people at them doesn't necessarily you know, do the same results. The other thing I want to talk about was the communication side of it. And I think, so you, you kind of like mentioned lots of factors in there. But the one about not receiving replies back to requests and stuff like that. Yes, I, I agree that is an issue and that common courtesy says that should be done. But when people say they want more communication, they don't really say what that measure is. I mean, do they want the devs to issue timesheets? say, well, this bug will be fixed at half past 10 on Thursday. Do they want that level of communication? Or what is the line? What level of detail do they want to be communicated? And they say, oh, well, we want a roadmap. And a roadmap doesn't necessarily help either. No, um, right. I'm going, I'm going to jump in there because um, the discussion of a roadmap. Uh, uh, Suv, do you want to quickly uh, jump in and then I'll I'll, I'll make my point? Yeah, it was just that the, we can dis, we can dispute the the pros and cons. I feel like public test servers are a little bit like the debate of, um, about servers, um, sort of centralized servers versus peer to peer. They both have pros and cons, and neither a silver bullet. I guess I guess with public with this latest patch, we had situations where PS4 players were crashing to the game was crashing upon upon start. A bug like that would not make it through a public test server. It, it, just, it just wouldn't. How do you know that wasn't introduced in the live build and and didn't then wasn't then found because they, when they tested? That's what I'm saying. If there's a difference in versions, then you're going to get this sort of thing creep in. That well, isn't necessarily caught at that. Don't do a beta test on a version that's not the same as the live. One. I mean, no. It, every every system is is different to a tiny degree there's even you know just by the nature of the ip address if and going up from that point there's always going to be slight differences which could trip you up and that, that that is something that will happen okay. unfortunately I, I'm educated I, I mean i i would be very surprised if um i'm i'm very surprised to learn that if if they've done a a beta period like they did with the horizons updates um, that PS4 players would still be crashing on on game load uh, with the with the live re release, but if you guys who clearly know more about it than I do say that that's the case, then I'm happy to concede. Right. Um, uh, but, well, the point that I was going to make back to to roadmaps is that we've had this problem before with Horizons, and when the roadmap was published for Horizons. Um, Everybody got really excited about what was coming, and there was over a whole load of uh, um, uh, speculation about each individual point. But the problem was, um, when people bought the season pack for Horizons, 
uh, they never thought they had value for money because they were just fixated on the um, the patch that they bought the uh, the the upgrade for. They didn't see the whole thing as value for money. So if you bought sort of um, and the the main problem is is that also as you are developing these things, things change. And this is one of the things that Zach was pointing out was that that um, there was some functionality, say the say the ice planets, for instance. They've realised that the ice planets are um, better to be included in the big twenty twenty build because they they would have to rework it again, so they're doing double the amount of work. But the problem is, is they've gone and shown that already to the community. And the fact that they've had to go and say, ah, we're going to have to take that back, that caused a lot of upset. Yeah. Um, so, Shan, jump in. Uh, yeah, I was going to add um, that the other thing about public beaters, and, and I, I know this happens, um, is that people will find an exploit in the public beta, and they won't report it. They'll keep it to themselves, and they will then use the exploit or the bug to their own advantage and then report it once they've abused the hell out of it. So it's almost like getting ahead of the curb and then using that foreknowledge for their own advantage in live, which is not the point of beta testing. Yeah, it's about, it's about weighing risks for me. The, the, the risk of a, a few players finding an exploit and exploiting it is, is absolutely diminutive compared to, oh, the, oh, scale of, compared no. to the scale of bugs that the September update shipped with. Actually, no. That, that that's the wrong way around because um, there were there have been people who have gone into the um, uh, Jonathan Tea Times as as just highlighted this point in the chat room. Um, they're a honeypot for anybody with a hex editor who do go mining for surprises, which then become non surprises. There have been occasions which gameplay has been spoiled because people have, have found things out too quickly. Yeah, fair. And um, the, I, I don't think this happened with the first finding of the Guardian ruins because I think what the how they found it was actually quite clever. But there have been because um, I, don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never believed that that, that uh, what the triangulating between stars and whatnot. No, I absolutely don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate to tell you that Canon do that all the time. Really? What from a screenshot? Working yeah, out where uh, something is from a screenshot. They they have been able to work things out like that. I mean, the the Canon tin hot tin foil people are uh, they seem to have more brains than than you know what. I'm not going to go any further with that point because otherwise <laughs> I will offend somebody. <laughs> the other thing I was going to bring into mind, and it's a generic point regarding petitions and things, is the number of people who signed it has gotten quite a lot of attention. Uh, and people using, oh, well, it was 2,000 people out of 5,000 people on Steam. Well, people tend not to use critical thinking. I don't mean critical as a negative. I mean actually thinking about some a statement. Is Yes, it may have 2,000 signatures, but how many people actually use Steam to play Elite versus the launcher? How many copies of Elite have been sold? So people making this big thing about this petition, I know it's really important and it's thing like that, blah, blah, blah. But actually, the numbers are infinitesimal. And I'm sure we'll come on to this later. The, the petition site they're using, I'm not even confident it spots sock puppet accounts. 
you know, it just no, it doesn't. You, you, you can make as many email addresses. So, Ryan, could have, Ryan could have made two thousand four hundred ninety-nine sock puppet email addresses, or something like that. So, I mean, even the government one is like that. So, you know, I just calls into question not the validity of some of the thoughts behind it because I think we can all identify with some of it, but one of the, one of the real factors of what I would call fake news is that there's an element of truth buried in there enough such that people believe the rest of it. And and that is, a, I'm not necessarily saying this is fake news, but there's an element of truth to everything that's put in and you need to think about what the actual real situation is before you respond to something. And this isn't just really, it's everything. On the subject of responses, Mark Winston has said, Sooth, you can do it. It's just basic trigonometry. If you've got your GCSE level, <laughs> I don't remember trigonometry from GCSE maths, actually. So, hold on. You can have a look at a screenshot of Elite Dangerous, and you can tell what planet it is taken from by the layout of the stars. Is that what you're telling me? No. What they did was they actually worked out the, the general system where the planet was, and then because uh, in the skyscape there was a moon, they basically went around systems which were close to where they were and looked for that particular moon. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, can, I, I can get that. That that makes sense if you can if you can identify the area of space from a screenshot and then look at the a, a clutch of systems within that and then the layout of moons. Just search the right the right layout. I I, I do get that. I, the way I read it initially was that they had pinpointed the exact point on the exact planet from the screenshot, which I was like, mm, bollocks. Yeah, um, well, we've been we've been leaving someone out. Um, ben, have you got an opinion on this one? I have several opinions. Um, sorry, I'm actually too busy looking at everyone flying around around Live Station's ass because their 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 flaps wiggle. Their their what? Their flaps wiggle. Flaps wiggle. The flaps wiggle. Oh, so I'm what. So I'm watching Commander Starians and um, and I think your your flaps wiggle, but my flaps don't wiggle and Paul Archer's flaps don't wiggle. So that's the important stuff I'd be getting on with what you've been being. So concerned. never mind. So never mind. The community is being talking about serious issues. You just want to see wiggly flaps. I, I, I'm just oh, watching no. Paul Archer shaking his ass. <laughs> So pole archers are basically twerking in front of you, and you are just there going, <laughs> yeah, and and, and you're um, and and you're ignoring, you're ignoring the chat, right? Okay, basically, so we yes. Know, so you're watching a python twerk, yeah. Okay, let's leave that there. Right. What leave was the actual that... question, and what were we talking about? I know we're talking about. I know we're talking about the uh, petition thing and our takes on it. Anything in specific? Uh, First of all, what no, we were. We're is... talking about trigonometry. <laughs> oh, oh, we can talk about. Yeah, I know that's possible. No, it's just me. Uh, Fair enough. All right. I'm just glad that Paul Archer doesn't have a purple python. Oh, that would just be <laughs> the end of it. Anyway, <laughs> now one of oh dear, Commander Ben's Ben's title for tonight should be: Did you just ask me a question? <laughs> oh, God, Ben, you're uh, Yes. Your opinion on what the whole petition thing, the your your read of it. Okay, so yeah. Oh, I think yeah. We all know Frontier have issues. 
their, to be honest, their communication can be a bit temperamental. Uh, all of us have sent them emails, and their responses have. It's Not it's always happened. been as 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 you said as you were saying earlier, and I did hear this. Um, they can be all enthusiastic and like, yeah, that's a great idea. And then you're like, hey, let's go off and organize this. And then you just, there's nothing for months. And that is really frustrating. Um, I really, so I, I really do get the intent behind the petition. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I didn't sign it personally because I don't agree with forcing Frontier over a barrel like this. Um, I think Zach's got better things to do with his day than spend several hours responding to these emails. Yeah, um, I mean... We should talk about Zach's response, actually, shortly. Yeah, well, I haven't finished yet, so <laughs> we will in a minute. I mean, the one thing I wanted to point out with, I mean, there has been... Um, someone, some people have highlighted the fact that you know why aren't the community uh, managers getting involved at this point? Well, I mean, Zach's their boss. If this has escalated up this high, it's it's obviously this petition is that serious. It's involved the director of communication, let alone the, the community managers. So you know, I mean, do you have a different idea about that, Ben? No, I th- I think. You're completely right there. I think, you know, Zach is Will's, I think Zach's Will's boss. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a community team reporting to Zach because they're all part yeah. of the publishing department, I think. So, yes, it's been escalated to Zach. In many I ways, mean, I wonder, you know, is this a waste of Zach's time? Yes, I think it is. Is it also a waste of Will's time, Paige's time, Stephen Benedetti's time? Yes, it would be a waste of their time too because they've got better things to do than respond than having to do with the fallout of this. Like answering the emails that people have been sending them for all this month. <laughs> Just saying. Um, so. Right. Sorry. Okay. Oh, you go, no, go quickly, Shan. Well, I was, I was going to say, the, on a historical note, and people can charge their glasses um, if they like. <laughs> but, yes. Such such behaviour is could potentially backfire because there, there are two companies that I thought of that have actually, in response to this sort of oh, petition, no. you're, go- you're going to spoil my point. I knew I should have gone first. Well, go on, Shan. No, well, no, I'll, tell on. You what, I'll, I'll mention one of them and then you can mention the other. How about that? Okay. So, but the, the, what one of the ones I was thinking about was ArenaNet. And when ArenaNet, well, they make they make two actually, believe it or not. Um, for the first Guild Wars, they would ha- they were very much involved in community events. So they would, you could have the community manager come along and host a community event that you wanted to launch. Uh, they would have uh, in-game AMAs. So you could li- they'd, they'd turn up in one of the in one of the towns, and people would ask some questions, and it'd be a live AMA. Uh, unedited, unabridged, just community managers chatting to people in game at the time, and so they were really involved in the community. They sponsored events, they did this, and and it, it was very much reminded me of how Frontier was in the in quotes early days, uh, and this carried on for a while. And but then, as players felt more and more entitled to have their views felt, they 
the mood turned within ArenaNet from being, oh, we're happy to be part of you and join in something. And it became very closed down to the point where, in Guild Wars 2, there was a petition uh, about ascended weapons. I think it was about, and if anyone plays the game, they might remember it. But anyway, there was a petition about a, a certain type of weapon in game that they felt had gone against what ArenaNet had said. And big petition, and then ArenaNet kind of closed it down, said, yes, we know, blah, blah, blah. And then since that moment, the only thing ArenaNet has communicated to the community is release information. If there's a bug, they would say we're on it, or that was just it. It was just purely in their own forums, because at the time I, I was one of the lead writers for a, a Guild Wars uh, fan forum. And they cut off all connection with fan forums, anything like that. They just completely bunkered down in their own forums. And that was purely as a result of the amount of grief and harassment and petitions and whining and blah, blah, blah they got from the community. And they said, well, that's it. We're only, we're only limiting ourselves to this now because it's, too much, it's taking too much of our time away from what we need to be doing. Um, I guess the other one that you would want to discuss it would be No Man's Sky. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Because this this is my point on, on this one, and to to a degree, we've already seen this happen with Elite Dangerous. To like I said, to a degree. Now, last week that I said that there was a problem with three point two, it wasn't. It was two point three, um, which for those of you with the memories is the uh, the multi crew. Uh, release back at uh, back in Horizons. Now, when that came out, the community response to it, which was quite um, angry, some of it was was justified in the in the uh, the way that the bugs uh, came out. But then there was an awful lot of personal ranting and um, uh, basically anger, and then it got personal with threats being made against the devs now at that point um frontier hunkered down and we didn't have uh the same level of communication that uh that we had now um this this it's kind of it kind of got better a little later but for for the, the couple of months that came after after that that was when things really began to go silent now what happened with No Man's Sky? I think everybody who's who's been involved in Space Sims or, or, or like Space Sims games was astounded by. Uh, but what? But um, and you can argue the the semantics about what Sean Murray Sean Murray did and promised and all that kind of stuff. But what they did was basically they shut off all communication, uh, and basically the only thing that they've done since. Uh, since that release is basically release updates. They haven't talked about them. They haven't even hyped them. I think be, their No Man's Sky Beyond one was the only one where I've seen a trailer for. So it, it's like it's taken that long, two years of just keeping complete and utter quiet and just chucking out um, uh, patches. Uh, but the community are just effectively listening to only certain... Uh, certain people within the community but not even telling them that they're being listened to now to tell you the truth if, if frontier do that and they just cut off all communication um which 
when you look at the language in in this petition, um, it's, it's it is very very demanding. If it wasn't for the preamble right at the very beginning, it would be like a, a like a hostage taste, takers list, in my opinion. But like I said, that's mitigated by the preamble at the front. But um, it just it just feels like that. If they're, they're trying to push Frontier too far, and if they try and push Frontier too far, we might end up with a lot less communication, which is the the thing that they're complaining about the most. Yeah, I I, I kind of I don't want to see that happen. I mean, it, it is interesting that one of the proposals they put forward are for these community representatives. And it's interesting that the only people that they, everyone wants to be a community representative because they personally think they deserve it. Um, it doesn't work. It, it just breeds a sense of entitlement and stuff like that. It just yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the, the ultimate expression I would be would could be closing. You know, closing down in communications would be um, if you got petition there would be no frontier presence at Lavecom. Yeah, and that would be a shame. To be honest, um, uh, I mean, Mark Watson says Frontier can't win. I mean, if they communicate and have to rule something back, whining and salt. If they don't communicate, then it's whining and salt. Yeah, uh, it might be cheaper not to communicate communicate at all, given the result will be the same. Um, and this this did seem to start with the DDF, and it has slowly spread out across the whole of the, the forums and in. My opinion. I mean, me and Grant were laughing about what the DDF turned into at the very end, which was an absolute shame. Uh, but ever since then, it seemed to kind of spread out, which oh, it it's hard to to point to, to say. the The other thing I have to point out is that one of the things about Horizons was that people weren't happy about paying for the season pack. And they let Frontier know that they weren't happy about that. So what Frontier, and, and this was announced by uh, David Braben, he sort of said, right, okay, uh, people aren't happy with paying up front for, uh, for season packs. So for the next time we have to do this, we're not going to do that. And that's exactly what's happened with, um, with this big 2020 update, in my opinion. They're, what's happened here is that they've taken all the feedback they got from Horizons and just went, right, we're not wanting to deal with um, them paying £40 up front and then getting four or five updates over a two-year period. We'll just give them the whole lot. And if they're giving them the whole lot, that takes a long time to develop. Which is, is one rather of the ironic, isn't it? I was just thinking, you said, it's rather ironic that people moaned about being fed the content and paying up front and now the moaning there's no content even though they haven't paid up front so yeah well yeah. i mean so there is a there are there are moans that the that 2019 is a dry year um i can understand we'll play I something mean, else then well yeah this is this is what i say the um uh, t- 2019 is a dry year but it's um i mean we're, we're I think what we're going to get in 2020 will be enormous. I think it will be a really, really phenomenal game-changing update. So, um, like the, the people who who are moaning that there's no 2019 content, like sort of, they are absolutely correct. But you sort of have to you you sort of have to have the extra content, uh, sorry, the extra context, and know that there's a big update coming in 2020. Um, 
in order what to... What they mean is there's no content for them. Not that yeah. there's, no there's no content for them. Well, I, I, you seem to be arguing that 2019 is a, a year that is rich with which with new and elite dangerous content, which which is a difficult point to argue. I mean, it, it's not. Any objective reading of 2019 is that there's a tiny dev team working on the current game. 85% of the, of the elite dangerous team are working on the new era update. They've said themselves that we're, all we're going to get is very, very small updates this year. They've, they've primed us for that. It's been about new players and large, and bug fixing, essentially. Well... Um, that is, that is the one thing that I do have to just jump in. Um, the the main problem that that I've had, and this is one of the, the high, things highlighted in the petition, is that we hoped that they would carry on bug fixing at the rate they had been. And that obviously hasn't happened because this, just for example, the there are four or five major game killing bugs uh, that have been in the in the Thargoid combat stuff for um, almost. Uh, six months to a year and the, the anti-Xeno initiative who you'll see on the petition have signed a lot of them have signed they're, they're sick to the death of it they can't play the game as it was intended um, right I'll just quickly bring Ben in in this one so yeah, I'm just thinking you know we can hardly complain that this is a dry year they said way back in 2017 that this was going to be a dry patch until the next big release that's the whole reason why Beyond, frankly, was was done. Because Be Beyond was done as a, what can we roll out relatively quickly, and while well, we're working on the next big thing, and then we've got Beyond Beyond, which is this stuff, which is like, oh shit, we really need to concentrate and focus on the next big thing. We'll just, you know, I don't want to say Elite Dangerous is on maintenance mode, but it's definitely most, not. Most of the developers, yeah. All the develop Elite Dangerous, as we're seeing it until the next big thing, is on maintenance mode because all their developers are working on the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. which okay, totally uh, isn't Elite Feet. We're, yeah, we're sort of we're sort of moving slightly away from um, away from the main topic, really. Yeah, um, Sean. Yeah, I was going to say is it's related to the the 2019 content aspect. Is Frontier have always said they have a overarching plan. For elite now, how much of that you believe is spin? How much is factual? You paid your money, you take your choice. But it, it's clear from the Beyond update to this, and what could be coming in 2020, the Beyond update was revamping a lot of core systems, mm -hmm. um, ready for what 2020 is going to bring. Is my interpretation. The new starter experience is getting the new starter experience ready for the 2020 update so the, the last set of updates have all been about getting ready and preparing the ground for 2020 and i know it sounds like i'm hyping 2020 up but hey you know but so, why are we having to why are we having to hear this from you Sha? just playing devil's advocate like a lot of the, the the people complaining that they don't get any communication from frontier if frontier were to say what you've just said that would that, that would answer these people's pleas well, they what you have, just said is entirely but, reasonable, but it shouldn't well, come from you. It should come from Frontier. Well, I believe they have said it. It's just I remember the different places that they said it and pieced it together. So, but so okay, you know, it, it shouldn't require an enormous amount of detective work. Um, you know, we're, we're no, all fairly degree of intelligence. Sorry to <laughs> to, okay, to remember what they said and put it together. Sorry, I'm even being blunt, but well, they have said room, it, and <laughs> well. 
to me. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yes, I'm you are rude, such a but, <laughs> but yes. But I, I, I don't know. For me, it was obvious what was happening. I could, no, you, you can just see it trading. You're putting, you're, you're, you're inducted. Like you, you're not. Um, this isn't a direct quote. You're saying, oh, well, I, I assume it's this, or that what they said then plus what they said then must mean X. This is this is what people mean about communication. If all you said is true, brilliant, awesome, great stuff. It would be great to hear that from from. But from how Frontier. many how many times do people would would Frontier saying that make would make people remember? Because that's that's the other question. When people say they want more communication, what sort of information do they need? Is what I just speculated is that enough to keep people happy for a year? I'm not sure it is. It might know. it might make... it, would, it would definitely keep me happy. Well, you see, I think what everybody is um, missing at this moment is that uh, there was supposed to be two parts uh, for 2019. Uh, there was supposed to be the small updates, which was supposed to be coming. Uh, there was supposed to be uh, bug fixes, which I think everybody was hoping there'd be the same amount of bug fixes that there were before. That unfortunately hasn't happened. And there was supposed to be the interstellar initiatives. Now, the interstellar initiatives were supposed to you know, keep us veterans amused or interested in the game. Um, the problem is, I mean, I don't know how much work is needed to, to create these, but there's only been two so far. And the first one was a bit finding your feet. The second one I thought was quite good. But it's now come to the point where um, something like that is needed again to, 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 to get people interested in the game again and what's happened is when the sec this patch has come out and of course there's nothing for the the veteran players and that the veteran players bugs haven't been fixed that's when frustration begins to boil over it happens in every single mmo i've ever i've ever played i mean there are parallels to the new game experience in in star wars galaxies where they focused on the new experience and hacked off the old ones, and this is. I'm. I'm not saying it's. It's as bad as that, but I am a little bit concerned that it's. It might be turning that way unless something is done by Frontier to to drag things away from it. I think it's undeniable that the that the community that the um, if we sort of take the emotional temperature of the community pretty febrile environment at the moment and and lots of vocal people are quite unhappy um i don't think two two and a half thousand people is is not very many really um considering how many copies of the game are out in the wild but it's it's safe to assume that that 2500 is weighted in, in is weighted towards the more veteran more engaged players the kind of people who who you know read reddit about video about a, a particular video game for example um, yeah and you know that in its that in itself, if I was Frontier, the message that I would take from that would be, okay, um, you know, wording aside, a lot of people aren't very happy. Yeah. Um, well, I, and I, there are ways that you can deal with that. Yeah. Well, let's let's go on about go on to the response because, um, like we said, the the director of communicate. Director of Communication, um, Zach, uh, until actually got in touch very quickly on the forums, uh, on Reddit, to discuss this. Now, um, I take it everybody's read his replies? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so going round, what did you think of the response? Um, 
it, he replied 11, I think it was 11 minutes after um, the, the petition first went up, um, which, first of all, looks like shooting from the hip. That doesn't look like thinking about it, can, you know, speaking to various people, fact-checking. Um, it, was also, it also did come across quite defensively. Um, and um, and I, I don't think, I think you could, you, the anger was palpable in it. Zach was clearly angry and, and was angry that he felt that his, some of his colleagues had been attacked when they didn't deserve it. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think that that level of personal anger is, is, was the right response at that moment. Um, you know, if given that a lot of the, it, given that the meat of the, and potatoes of, of 2,500 people's complaint was that um, QA wasn't up to stuff, to then defend the QA processes as everything's fine here, move on, um, wasn't possibly the best way to, to calm things down. Um, I, I, I think Zach was in a really, really difficult position, and I, I really don't. Um, really don't envy anybody who has to deal with that sort of thing. Uh, but anyway. I on. mean, he does make some, uh, some very good points. The fact that um, the community management team, they do work out of hours. So basically the Thursday night screen streams, they're, they're working out of normal hours. There's some of the charity events, like, uh, for instance, we'll touch on Commander Plato's stream. And we had guys from Frontier coming up and, also obviously attending events like LaveCon, Fantasticon, Gamescom, etc. Um they, they do in the in the past, let's let's hope and let's hope this continues, they have been quite supportive of these events. It's just some of the communication when trying to arrange them has been has been difficult. Um the the other thing was was something we've already touched on. I mean, and it's no secret that and, and I'm quoting verbatim here. Um, it's no secret that games change regularly while in development. It's a healthy process and an important part of making a game. Now, while some people are more than happy of seeing the changing content plans, we know this is not often the case on a wider scale. Now, he says fleet carriers and ice planets are a good example where there was a large amount of disappointment when they were removed from the still very large beyond Chapter 4 update last December. Now, the there are reasons that, that we try to ensure that we communicate this as, as clearly as possible so that, that, that um, people understand the development. But um, being in software development myself, I know sometimes you promise the earth and then when you're halfway through, you suddenly, you're not, you're only going to be able to give them the moon. And I, I'm, a, I'm sorry to say that that is the way of the world in, in some software development. Um, or, or more likely, in my case, someone else has promised them the Earth, and I've got to develop, give them the Earth, and find out I can only give them the Moon. I'm quite sure anybody who's done software development in this in a in one of those environments knows what I mean. And I think and this is one of those cases where you know you show off these things. This is the grand plan, and then basically when you can't reach that grand plan and you you're up front and say i can't do it they're having they're basically being roasted over the coals for it and that is one of the reasons why they they don't 
we do we don't get the dev diaries diaries we used to we don't get sneak peeks like we used to um and that's why the community managers i think and i think we all know are instructed not to talk about the 2020 update because basically they don't want that kind of they don't want to have to say right this is what you're having and then backpedaling and saying no you can't have it because it'll take a lot longer so, I mean, the fleet carrier thing, yeah, it looks like that's uh, what we were going to get would have been too ambitious to fit into one year. It's uh, And we unfortunately, hope. they are sometimes, yeah, we hope, we hope, because we don't know what's going on with Frontier at the moment. We don't know how things are going. We just hope that the, the, they're still on target for Christmas. Ben? Yep. I was wondering, you know how you were saying that you thought that uh, Zach responded in 11 minutes and that seemed awfully quick to you? Hmm. I am wondering if Zach was aware that something like this was going to be on and he had a lot of it pre-prepared. Yeah, it could have done. Yeah, that's, that's a good um, Very good point. I mean, he, no, wrote a, he wrote a lot of text. That's a lot of, yes, yeah, a hell of a lot of text. It takes 11 minutes to read the damn thing, let alone yeah, write it. Exactly, yeah. That's, um, a good, that's a good point. I mean, that, that, I mean that's not, yeah. It's, yeah. It, and it wasn't just that particular one point. It, there was another point later on which he was. He was it's got two more text in here somewhere. Yeah, there was the, the bugs and testing and more, um, which is, is where. The permanent test server was discussed, and things like that, and uh, feedback, and what. And the the one thing that um, he did say is that yes, and and I will I, I will say this: we totally understand the level of frustration when bugs stop your enjoyment of the game, and we are truly sorry for anyone affected. All the teams have been working round the clock to address them as quickly as possible. Now, this all goes down to how complex the game is. It is effectively a <laughs> a massive simulation of the galaxy and all the features that go on top of that and yeah I mean it's, it's ironic that I think that most of the <laughs> because of Elite, the original Elite which was done 35 years ago there's an awful lot of people who got into software development because of that <laughs> and they're now looking at uh, this with through their software development eyes at uh, at what's happening. And I, 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 oh, I mean, it goes back to to last week where we were discussing whether or not it was uh, a preamble. Uh, you know, are we being too hard on Frontier, Sean? Yeah, I was going to say that one of the things that um, is evident is that. Elite Dangerous has a significant technical debt uh, and that it's becoming increasingly difficult to change systems and add stuff. So it's layer upon layer upon layer of evolutionary complexity in the software. So I think one of the reasons perhaps why we're seeing an escalating level of bugs is it's becoming harder and harder and harder to get this very complex, very... Um, in-depth game debugged because it's just so complex and it's so I mean it's, it's almost because it's always easier isn't it to start something again 
and do it right than having to go back and fix something that's fundamentally well, yeah. complex. So I'm, I'm well, yeah, but during the Kickstarter, they did say repeatedly that they leave the stuff in mind. Yeah, but that was back then. Do you see what it meant? That's that. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, but if you say this this product has a ten year development arc, we are this is what we want to do with it. This is um, this is how we're designing it from the ground up so that we can do all that. You, it's 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 difficult to turn around five years later and say, oh, all that stuff that has happened exactly the way we said it did turns out um, turns out actually we didn't design it all the, from the ground up to take this stuff into account. I, I, I'm, I'm not I'm, I'm not quibbling with the with the fundamental point that development is hard. Um, it's just it's just that there is a logical fallacy in there. If you say this is going to take ten years to do, we're designing it from the ground up with this stuff in mind. It is not logically consistent to then say halfway through that development. Or adding all this this stuff in has broken it. Well, if you take a drink, that's what exactly what happened to Guild Wars One. What happened there was it became so hard to balance the game with all the skills and all the mechanics, and there were literally tens of thousands of permutations of skills that all had to be balanced. It became an impossible task to add to it. And what happened was ArenaNet had pretty much developed an entirely new chapter, almost like Horizons scale game and they'd, they had they built it it was called guild wars uh, utopia was what it was called but it was such a difficult job to try and get it shoehorned into the code and get it done they binned it took some of the elements out of it created a smaller expansion called eye of the north and then shoved a lot of the stuff and ideas they had for Utopia into Guild Wars 2. So Guild Wars 2 came from the sheer convoluted code and the way ArenaNet had, had done it um, in the first place. And ArenaNet, like Frontier, and this is why I keep coming back to the parallels, is ArenaNet, like Frontier, said, oh, yes, our game is going to last for eight years, and we'll do a chapter, and then you'll have expansion, chapter expansion, every six months to a year, because hey, our game can do it. But they realized with hindsight that the decisions they made earlier on were too difficult and too convoluted to carry on with. So they ditched it and started started again. Well, right. Well, we're going to begin to wrap this up now um, because we are running out of time. There is a couple of points of concern about the actual petition itself, isn't there? Um, not, Not from a an existence point of view, but for the fact that um, uh, we've had Commander Reaper from the Children of Raxler writes, I'd advise against signing this position until it's moved to another petition hosting site that's less and onto a more well-known platform such as Change.org. Um, and, and ask yourselves why it's being hosted on a more obscure site like iPetitions. Uh, the too long didn't read, but is iPetitions, ask for your name, your email address, and then stores your IP address. Um, the SDC are asking for your commander name. The information you provide in your IP addresses are stored on the servers, but then can be also accessed by the petition host, which could be an actual security risk for you. Um, I mean, have I got that right? Is it basically, it's a... Yeah, basically, as far as I can understand, it, 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 we're not saying that SDC, etc., will use it to dox people or anything like that. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is, is that if you sign up to this petition, and, for example, you use the same email address as your 
login account for your um, commander, it will have an IP address, it will have the same email address. So effectively, you've given away some of your login information to a third party. And it doesn't matter who that person is, it's the fact that you're giving it away. Now, someone's mentioned, I think Ventura mentioned about GDPR. Um, GDPR doesn't necessarily exist or uh, come into effect here because an IP address and a commander name and or email address isn't necessarily personal data. But the same caution goes uh, with anything these days is that your personal information should be guarded as tightly as your own household. You should not give away anything if you are not aware of how it's going to be used and who can access it. Yeah. So I think it's just a general be aware warning as far as the the actual petition itself. With um, I mean, I know that Sovereign signed it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to because I don't agree. I, I agree with the sentiment, but not the actual, what seems to be an overly aggressive tone. Um, uh, I don't, and, I mean, Shan, Ben, and if you want to uh, say uh, what you want to about the whether you've signed it or not, that's up to you. But um, I think what we'll do is we'll wrap <laughs> up that discussion now, put a dot in the thing if you, oh, Shan, do you want to? Um, yeah, I I did not um, sign it. Um, I think because I believe it's fundamentally the wrong approach to try and strong arm Frontier into doing something. Uh, I'm not saying I uh, they don't have valid points because well, clearly they do. I'm just saying the way it's being done and the way and maybe some of the motivations behind it are not something I personally felt I could support. However, on the other side. We covered a lot of the things that everybody uh, discussed last week, uh, put in the, the uh, on that forum. Uh, yet we never got a response, did we? That's... That is very, very true, and that is well yeah. an excellent indication of Frontier's communication, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So um, we're going to wrap this discussion up right now. Um, before I think everybody starts really letting rip. If you think we were bad before, you should have heard what was happening before the show. (laughs) Anyway. Um, So we'd like to quickly cover a lot of the community corner that's been happening uh, over the last uh, week or so. Now, the big community event that happened over the weekend was uh, Commander Plater's charity stream. Um, We're going to include his Just Giving link uh, in the show notes, um, Commander Plater, for those of you who, who know uh, who know him, were, suffers from uh, thyroid cancer, and did a twenty four hour charity stream in support of the thyroid uh, uh, support charity uh, in the UK. Um, he managed it with uh, and managed to raise eight thousand two hundred and forty five pounds and thirty two pence for the charity. Uh, we they had members of the community turning up and supporting him and having him run games every every couple of hours. Frontier dropped by uh, as well, for, uh, Will and Page uh, for a couple of hours, and uh, they ran games. I must admit, I did watch. Um, hey, I, I did watch it between, I think, about ten o'clock at night and one in the morning on Saturday, and also at midday when he finished. And I must admit, it was a very, 
emotional experience because uh, for those of you who don't know, um, chances are he might not be around next year. He said that if he's around next year to do another one, it will be a medical miracle. So um, we've, I think all of us at Live Radio um, would like just to salute Commander Joe Plater for what was effectively a very brave last hour, I think. Um, in other news, uh, the commander, the pilot, has released another of his ship videos, uh, this time on the very popular ASP Explorer. Um, the pilot, um, I think, is, is, is definitely doing some of the best uh, ship review videos. And, uh, yeah, the... Uh, let's move on. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll... Do you want to mention the pilot's video then, Suv? Uh, yes, I haven't seen this. Has anybody seen it? I've seen it. It's an, oh, as Colin started saying, he does some absolutely excellent ship review videos. He does and, very, very good ship review videos. Yeah, yeah. and the the one about the Asp Explorer is done with his usual aplomb, um, and <laughs> yeah, he, he he always manages to make me laugh, and this one made me laugh because it's like. Yeah, I used to love I used to love the Aspect Explorer, and then I flew around the galaxy in it for like a year, and then I hated it. I hated its growling. I hated <laughs> the sound of the the sound of the engine with the propellers, and then I came back to doing this, and I, I I was dreading doing this video, and then I came back to doing this video, and oh my god, I love the Aspect Explorer so much. <laughs> yeah, they're very very polished. I think the 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 sort of filming the yeah. It's just really, really smart. We it's all very, very well done. Their, um, Sag Eye, and they're not as they're not as polished as that. Um, very, very smart indeed. Um, and that is about it for community. Um, yep. Uh, uh, shout outs. Yeah, shout outs. So, um, shall, then, I, shall I do the first one? Yeah, go on then. Okay, so uh, she's actually in uh, Twitch chat at the moment, but Ro Laren, otherwise known as uh, Trans Checks. Trans tech girl, let's get my tongue back in there. Um, she's going to be doing a 24 hour stream on Sunday for uh, Macmillan Cancer Research. Uh, she's going to be traveling from Salt Tobago Point, uh, not using the neutral highway, all in one stream. Um, she's going to be heading off from Seoul on Sunday, the 6th of October at 8 a.m., and is going to be heading off. Heading at least for 24 hours, basically. Uh, and if she gets there earlier, she's going to start making her way back again. Whew. I assume you're going to put a link to their stream. We've got, I've got links to her stream. I've got links to her, uh, again, just giving page for Macmillan Cancer Research. Well, the only thing is, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, I hate sounding... It's, it sucks that you're, doing, that you're doing this row right after Plater's done his thing. Because obviously, you know, we all only have so much disposable income, but it's an awesome thing, and you know, that's Plater's thyroid cancer and Macmillan Cancer Research in general are both awesome charities. Well done, um, that well, well worth supporting. So, if anyone does have any spare money after giving all the money to Plater, please give it to Roe. <laughs> well, the start of a new month, so you should be paid on the first month. I got, I got paid uh, last week, so last Friday I got paid just in time for for Plater. Lots and lots of money to throw at all these streamers, then. Um, <laughs> yes. Elsewhere in the community, we have Speedball 3, um, which is called Chasing Sanderling. 
um, which will be held from the 9th of October um, until, what's that, 9th of the 10th of November? Uh, until, well, presumably until November, in 61 Virginis on the second planet. Um, which I think it's is... the 9th and the 10th of November, I think is what he means. The 9th of the 10th. Oh, the 9th and the 10th. The 9th and the 10th of November. Right. Yeah, yeah, it'll be. Oh, so fair way away. Um, I'd say I've got five weeks or so. Um, but speedball, for those who don't know, is when you um, when you uh, fly above a uh, planet, um, fly down towards the surface as fast as you can, and miss. Uh, and it is terrifically good fun. And um, I know that primetime casual has has clocked up speeds of over four thousand meters per second in normal space doing it. So it's it's pretty it's pretty exciting stuff. Um, it's one of the more um, Sham would call it cardboard box uh, card, yeah, cardboard box fun. It's one of the more um, kooky sort of make your own fun aspects of Elite Dangerous, and I absolutely love watching the videos. Um, so definitely catch that if you can. Um, our sister station, Hutton Orbital Radio, broadcasts from Thursdays from 8.30, and you can tune in and catch that at tv.forthemug.com, or for just the audio, you can go to radio.forthemug.com. Uh, elsewhere, there is the uh, CQC Discord, which is uh, discord.me forward slash Elite Dangerous CQC, which is where to go if you want to get in on the CQC action. Um, and we did want to have those guys um, on the show uh, tonight, but they couldn't make it tonight. Yeah, tonight but we um, we will have them fairly soon. Ho hopefully, we should be having them on next week. Touch them. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so tune in for that. Uh, thanks to those who have chipped in on chat uh, and hang out with. Is, are, is anybody in game tonight? Yeah, the in game's been really quite busy actually. Hang on. So who's been about? So uh, right, Commander Tatum, Commander Barracks Mogo, Commander Galen Reynolds, Commander Valda, Commander Paul Archer, uh, Lane Briggins, who is either a new commander or just a new commander to me. Uh, Mingles has been around. Sacred Sacred Snowhawk's been about. Uh, Colin's been here, Starion's been about. Um, so yeah, there's been quite a few people, and everyone's basically been shaking their asses all night. <laughs> um, Thank you to all well, of those humans. And bearing their flaps. And, and bearing their flaps. Well, basically, you know what it actually is, you know the, you know the thrust vectoring on some ships? Hmm. We've been looking to see what ships have got thrust vectoring, basically. Lovely. Um, excellent. So thank you to all of those for flapping their thrust, uh, thrust vectors at Ben. Um, and, uh, and particularly thanks to those who have commented in the Twitch chat, because there have been some really, really good comments tonight. Um, and, um, uh, and thank you to Commander Shan and um, for your views and, uh, and to the absent Colin for doing such a, a marvellous job as our dashing host. Um, and uh, and that's it for another episode of Nave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show to discuss tonight's episode and comment or, or comment on anything we've talked about, please do. Um, we love getting questions and comments and things, and we we make a point of always reading them out in the next show and uh, discussing them if we can. Um, and as we've talked about tonight, fairly toothsome. So um, drop your thoughts into info at laveradio.com or hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash lave radio. Um, you can also tweet us, um, and the Twitter handle is at lave radio. Uh, and you can join our Discord server by going to discord.io forward slash lave radio. We have a TeamSpeak service, uh, server, sorry, um, which you can find at teamspeak.laveradio.com. 
Um, so, uh, so yeah, uh, lots and lots of ways to get in touch. Uh, Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out at laveradio.com forward slash live. Um, thanks again to everybody involved um, and a special thanks to today's tech, which is the lovely Commander Ventura. Um, and until next time, Commander, fly safe. If you can't do that, fly dangerous. News Digest, 1st of October 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, concerns grow over genetically modified fertiliser. An aviary in your cockpit. Feng Shui restored. The Galnet Letters page. Concerns grow over genetically modified fertiliser. The Interstellar Association for Agriculture has again expressed concern over the sale of Rockforth Corporation's EX7 fertiliser in the Reedquat system. The fertiliser has been flying off the shelves, in part due to Rockforth's unusual marketing strategy which involved selling its product at a massive loss. Many agricultural systems are reported to be awash with this new fertiliser, which has not yet been granted official approval amidst concerns over its safety. Rex Whitlock of the Rockforth Corporation dismissed concerns, suggesting that the worst that could happen was that the top couple of hundred agricultural worlds might have to halt production for a few decades while their soil was decontaminated, and that in any case famine is a highly lucrative economic state. So stop whining! and be grateful. An aviary in your cockpit. 
In a forlorn attempt to get the ARC's currency moving, the Bank of Zeance has paid for the development of several ranges of interesting new interior decorating options for the demanding pilot's cockpit. This week sees the release of a range of pot plants, including aloe, a cactus plant and brain trees. Just how practical it is to have a cactus flying around the cockpit under high g-forces during combat remains to be seen. Next week sees the launch of fish tanks, with a range of exotic fish including the killer octopus and an interesting lungfish piranha hybrid, both of which are capable of surviving out of water in the highly likely event that the contents of the fish tank get slopped all over the cockpit during flight. And the following week sees the launch of the intergalactic aviary range, featuring hummingbirds, magpies, arctic skewers and cassowaries. The new cockpit interior decoration range guaranteed to make flying your spacecraft a whole lot more interesting. Feng Shui Restored In an update this week, certain things that were blue are returned to their natural state of orangeness. This has made a whole lot of people happy by restoring the natural energy flow in the cockpit. Instead of a jarring blue, there's a smashing orangey bit in the middle. The future's bright, the future's orange. The Galnet Letters page. Fifteen hundred satisfied readers have written into Galnet News Digest to express their support and to offer their help in making it even better. Amongst the offers of help, one happy customer suggests that in order to avoid yet another broken issue of the Digest, that there should be a two-week beta testing period for each edition, during which the readers could submit suggestions for rewording the articles. At the end of the testing period, the final and error-free version of the news bulletin would be issued to a grateful public. Another contributor suggests that rather than producing tedious news bulletins, the editor should spend more time interfacing with the community, discussing the roadmap for future issues and revealing plans for how Galnet Digest will develop in 2020. Yet another letter writer points out that Galnet Digest seems to be rather unbalanced and that it should be less negative about the engineers. Even Etienne Dorn, the body snatcher of Colonia. The massed letter writers express in no uncertain terms their support for Galnet Digest and say that they totally love it and its content, but would prefer if they could dictate its content, development cycles and deliverables, as well as the communication channels used. The editor of Galnet Digest thanks all these letter writers for their thoughtful contributions and in the wise words of Zach Antonacci, invites them all to fuck off. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news the way we want to read the news, so you don't have to. Who's tapping away? Someone's tapping away. He's no I know. Mm-hmm. And we got told off for that earlier on yes. to doing it. Yes, anyway. <sighs> no, no, 